Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hockey World. Today is Monday, August the 1st, 2016. I'm Dan Petru. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, Eklund will be away at points this week. We're not sure when he's going to show up, but he will show up eventually. So it's the three of us today and probably Wednesday and Thursday discussing the news and happenings of the NHL. And the show is brought to you by you. Go to patreon.com slash hockey and give all till it hurts. <laughs> I got tons of stuff to give away. So anybody anybody making a donation today, put what team you like, and we'll start giving stuff away. I got boxes full of stuff over here. Let's just give stuff away. A yeah. few of the winners already posted on Twitter. Yep. Uh, my Flyers book went to uh, one of our listeners' moms, which is nice. And so, yeah. Uh, sent some cards out to the uh, Flyer fan last week. Uh, also sent out a, a Parisi, uh, Zach Parisi game use jersey to one of our wild friends. So anybody anybody who makes a donation, even team or player that you like, you know, we'll send something out to you. Yeah, and all I my got, stuff went out Saturday. And I got plenty of DVDs that I'm going to start giving away since I'm I may be moving. So if anybody wants season one of ER or season two uh, of ER. I should give away because you you guys know my my girlfriend's a Ranger fan. I should give away yeah. her Ranger stuff without. without yeah, you probably... really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. <laughs> if you value your life, Dan. Otherwise, something like... here. Let's give away this Henrik Lundqvist doll. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I will back. I will back your girlfriend on this. Don't do, do it. Remember what happened to Phil Hartman, Dan? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Too soon. Yes. Let's move on. All right. Let's 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 start with. Uh, well, okay. There was some breaking news about half an hour ago. We'll talk about that in a second. We want to touch on this first. Um, today is Major League Baseball trade deadline day at 4 p.m. Eastern. There's already been some trades um, made today. Jay Bruce going to the Mets. I'm sure that interests a lot of people. A lot of the Toronto fans are anxious, anxious to see whether the, the Blue Jays will do anything. Um, but the surprising, and to some, surprising moves have been from the Yankees, who last week traded Chapman. Yesterday traded Andrew Miller, who was their closer, uh, for a boatload of prospects. And if you look, this is something that the Yankees have not done since George Steinbrenner was suspended by Major League Baseball and Gene Michael was the uh, was the general manager. And this is the the time that they built that core four That's group right. with Pettit, Bernie Williams, Posada, and Derek Jeter. They've loaded up in two trades with I think six prospects. Eight. Hey, okay, and they're and they're. I mean, they're basically right now saying we're going to be bad. Maybe we'll go out and make a deal for a pitcher because pitchers are a commodity. But we're probably going to be bad for a year while these young guys come up. Dan, I look at this and it's very similar to what the Maple Leafs are doing, even though the Leafs have not won 27 championships. But a big team in a big center of the their that particular sport, and they're doing a reset or a rebuild. Yeah, it's funny because I actually I would call it a reset because this team is is uh, structuring itself for 2018 with all the great free agents that are going to be available. Um, they got they rebuilt their farm system. 
so now they have flexibility to make trades should they want to. Uh, I mean, because some of those guys are, are they have elite prospects at the same position. But with that being said, it really reminds me of the Maple Leafs. We talked about this last night as we were getting ready for today's show. Um, so to speak, not so much as the team, but the fan bases. It's the fan bases finally said. Uh, you, like Maple Leaf fans said a few years ago, hey, we're okay with this. We're okay with this. We need you to do this. And Yankee fans fi- have been saying for a year or two, guys, this team's not going anywhere. We see it. You're boring. It's okay if you do this. And it's like and it, it was finally like the management for both organizations were so hesitant to pull the trigger and, and you know not rip apart the team but rebuild it the right way. And I think the Leafs are going to be re- better this year. And then a, a year later, you know, should start really making some strides, uh, and so it's you know when you get, when you get the fan base's permission, especially from both storied franchises, it's okay to do this, and they're they're doing the right thing now. Now, will all these kids make it to the majors? Probably not. Will all the kids in the Maple Leafs make it to the NHL? Probably not. But if you get two or three, you're in good shape. Russ, what do you think? I mean, I think the Leafs will get more than two or three. I think the Yankees will. Probably well, yeah, because it's it's easier to, it's it easier is. to project prospects in the NHL than it is in yeah. baseball. It, it's really hard. It's way easier, and that's that's yeah. my point. I think the you know the Yankees would be lucky if they get two, but getting two would be fine because again yeah. they're losing salary. They could sort of rebuild with that. Uh, I think I think what they did is interesting. I haven't seen them dump out since before you know the Jeter era, and yeah, so it was like ninety ninety one. I guess Stump Merrill might have been the manager. Who knows? Oh, those are bad times. Brian Taylor. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Taylor. We all have his rookie card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Times. Was the, was the picture of the rookie card uh, taken at that bar in North Carolina that he got the fight in? That's that unfortunate, man. Because I saw, I saw him pitch in the minors, and that's his arm was just it was insane. It was, it was insane. But, you know, that's what happens. The, the interesting thing is, if you asked me who's going to get better quicker, the Leafs or the Yankees, right now I would say the Leafs. Yes. Uh, the Yankees are probably, even with as much money as they feel like spending, which they don't spend anymore, mm-hmm. probably two years, three years away from being good again because they're going to have another bad year of A-Rod next year. Right. And so yeah, they might buy him out. Longer. They might finally buy him out. And there's, right. but, it, but it takes longer in baseball. And, yeah, there's a, I, and there's a buyout option on Sabathia's uh, contract, so he, they could be free of him as yep. well. Yeah. And they're going to set themselves up to be competitive again when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and and uh, Matt Harvey and all those guys are free agents. The so 2018 class is insane, so they're setting themselves up for that. Well, that, and, that that's that's the thing, Dan. Because I mean, what from what I understand, this is the difference between the NHL and and Major League Baseball because the Major League Baseball operates under the luxury tax. Right. And from what I understand, the Yankees basically would have to be under. The, the, a certain amount for 2017 to be able to not have the luxury tax penalty. So it actually it would be perfect. Next year they go with a lot of young kids. They replace here yep. with Greg Bird. You know maybe they bring up some of these kids. They don't go out willy nilly and spend in free agency. And then 2018, you know they probably if they go after Harper, give them 50 million a year. Right. Some ridiculous thing like that, and they can do that because they've cleared 100 million in 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 salary. You know that's different than what the Le- I mean, the Leafs, they're going to open up about fi- I think it's fifteen million dollars in cap space next year just by expiring contracts. Probably guys that they'll end up trading like Brooks, like like Hunwick, like Pollock, like Milan Mahalik. They'll move these guys out 
and they'll be with no fear of luxury tax or anything like that. They'll have that room to go into free agency or to make trades, and they have a bunch of prospects too. So I think they're set up to have a Buffalo Sabres type season this year, like they did last year. Everybody looking at Matthews, getting excited about him and Marner, and then the following year they're set up to make big moves. Yeah, there's going to be growth this year. I would because look, they came in last place last year, but it's one of the hardest working last place teams I've ever seen. They were in every game, they worked their butts off. If you're a Leafs fan, you were happy because the effort was always there, and then you got you got Austin Matthews off of it. So, moving forward, I expect them to make a jump like from 30 to like 24 or 23, and then after that, I think you're really going to see some some improvements. And look, they're going the right way. This is I think if you're if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you have to be excited with the direction that this team is going, and arguably with with Lamorello, Shanahan, and Babcock, you couldn't have three guys better qualified to be doing their jobs than those three right there. And after enduring a season where you know it was 41 games of drudgery, Russ, I, I think Leaf fans, you know, they'll make some mistakes. They're going to play a lot of kids. You know, there are some players who may not be NHL ready, or may, or some veterans who may not be you know, maybe past their prime or not good enough anymore. But you're, you're going to have Matthews and Marner and Nealander and a few other young kids to look at. And I think for Leaf fans, that'll be enough for this year. Yeah, but the difference with the Leafs is, like, they have turned the corner and the fans have turned the corner on what they're doing. Like, even Joe Girardi yesterday in the press was sort of denying everything that's going on and saying, well, we're still going to really try hard and we're not giving up. And, you know what, Babcock didn't go that route. Right. And Joe Girardi shouldn't go that route, but he is. And so that's going to take a little longer for everybody to sort of embrace what they're doing. So that's where the Leafs are a couple of steps ahead of a team even like the Yankees. Well, I'm yeah. un- 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 oh, sorry. So go ahead, Dan. Well, no, I was just going to say, too, is you know you have a healthy James Van Riemsdyk this year, and you got Morgan Riley, and Frederick Anderson is going to make the, the Maple Leafs better. Uh, so I think you still have, you do have some veteran presence there where, they're, look, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But like I said, you could see a, a jump from, from dead last to around somewhere in the low 20s, and I think you'd be happy with that because that means you're knocking on the door of the playoffs. And Brian Cashman is not talking about pain like Babcock did, but and the Yankees are sort of, you know, as you're saying, Russ, they're sort of paying lip service by getting Adam Warren back in the Cubs deal, getting Tyler Clippard from that Washington. made no sense other than well, we have to have a closer, so we might as well get Tyler Clippard for the next. Well, no, you still you still need players, to, you know, you still need yeah. people to pitch the sixth and seventh and eighth innings, and I think both of those guys are fine, and they can be placeholders for the next couple of years. You still need some placeholders, and and they're good placeholders. I think it's more the fact. It's it's sort of like the Leafs did last year with uh, with guys signing free agents like Brad Boys, bringing in these veteran uh, P. Parento, bringing in, the, in these veteran guys. They didn't want to rush the young guys, so the Yankees don't want to call up these guys from Double A AA or Triple A. They're going right. to let Warren and Clippard be the the seventh and eighth inning guys to keep those young guys down for another year, and then maybe come come in and spring training next year. Anyway, so I think it's a pretty interesting comparison, and the deadline is at 4 p.m. on Friday, or excuse me, 4 p.m. today. Excuse me. So uh, we'll see if there are any other deals. Uh, moving to hockey, uh, moving to what happened in the last hour. Um, very interesting, very unexpected. The Arizona Coyotes place Antoine Vermette on uh, waivers for the purpose of buying him out. Now, I looked, you know, Vermette had a pretty good year last year. 17 goals, 21 assists. We know that Arizona is a you know team in transition, young team. 
Um, but he only had a, he only had a year left in his contract. He was an unrestricted free agent, so the factor of expansion was not you know he had a no move clause, but expansion was not a factor unless they would have to protect a guy who even though he was becoming a UFA, he would be on their roster at the time that the expansion draft would happen, so maybe they would have to protect him. That's the only reason I can really understand the motivation here. Russ, were you taken aback by this? Yeah, I don't understand the motivation. I could see a bunch of teams going after him, though, and again, a team like the Rangers could use Antoine Vermette. He's a face-off yeah. shark. He's one of the top two face-off guys in the league, mm -hmm. and he did score enough goals. He is fast enough. Yeah. I mean, look, and this is now this is one of those moves where you now look at the Coyotes and say, "You had me go. I had you had me where I thought maybe you were thinking about the playoffs, and now you're getting rid of a guy who would be most help to you right. getting to the playoffs and in the playoffs because you have to win faceoffs and win faceoffs late in games. There's nobody on his team on that team that's better than him." Yes. Or even close to him on faceoffs. So now this is now where we're sort of playing rotisserie hockey with, with players with new GMs. That I'm baffled by this move. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you look at, I mean, he was making what three point seven a year. Three point seven. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's fine for a third line center. And and if you look at it now, he's probably gonna if whoever signs him, he's gonna be making a little bit less. And I think their value is there. He he's good in his own end. He, he Russ is right. He's one of the better defense, uh, one of the better faceoff guys in the entire league. And he's plenty fast. He could really help a good team uh, on the third line. Absolutely, I. You can pencil. Look, is he going to be a sixty-point guy or, or fifty-five like he has in the past? Probably not. But you can you can get thirty-five to forty out of him. And I think whatever this team, new team's going to pay him, maybe two point five a year, the value is going to be there. But if he helps your team so much in your own end, I, it's almost like look. I know the analytics aren't there, and that's where something you look at, and it's like the analytics say he's a third or he's a third line center or a fourth line center. That's fine. He doesn't have to be. Uh, if, if, I guess if, if they're thinking he's a top six forward, that's maybe why they're doing this. But I think if you, if you dangled him out to the league, there probably would have been some interest there. Well, I mean, it's sort of money in, money out, because last week they signed Connor Murphy on a long-term extension. He made yeah. a little under $4 million bucks, which I thought for him, you know, maybe that's the price of a, top, of a top four defenseman, and he's probably a top four defenseman with them. But then I think it was Michael Stone, that paid, they paid him $4 million bucks on a one-year deal. So now they move now they move money out. I, I think yeah. Russ, I think it has more to do with the fact that coming in, Dylan Strom is probably making this team. Christian mm -hmm. Dvorak has a really good chance of making this team. Yeah, but you're you're talking about guys that are going to get owned on faceoffs in their first yeah. year. Right. So right. what Russ is right. Well, what Russ is right. If they, if they're saying that Dvorak and Strom are making this team, Russ is saying I agree with Russ 100. percent Then they're saying to their fans, we're not making the playoffs this year. Right. Right. That's the clear message here and. That wasn't the message two weeks ago in free agency. Now right. we're sort of getting the message that, well, we're saving some money. The Stone deal is the key is it's one year, Mike. They're yeah. sort of still operating as that team that doesn't have playoffs, playoff aspirations. Now, secretly they might because every team wants to make the playoffs, sure. but they're not selling me as a playoff team. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I still have to be sold that Mike Smith can come back and be a number one defender. I don't know about that. I mean, you, this may be... This may be an admission that this team is a year or two away, that they want to get Strom and and uh, Dvorak in there to have them learn, you know, learn on the go, you know, learn, have the have the exposure, learn 
playing and find out what they need to do, and then maybe next year they get better on faceoffs and they improve. I, I mean, it's it's a little confusing. I think this is gonna you're gonna see what you saw from last year. You're gonna see some good moments, like you saw Duclair and Domi look good for about 40 to 45 games, and yeah. so you hope this year those two progress maybe they look good for 60 games and you're going to see about 35 to 40 good games out of Dvorak and Strom but that doesn't equal you making the playoffs it equals you back in the lottery how many more years is on the Mike Smith deal do we know I think it's I hope, three that's three uh, I can look it up wow it's three. three wow see so that's the thing so if you're selling me on a rebuild you still have Mike Smith there by the time this team gets good yep. you're either in the last year of Mike Smith or Mike Smith is gone right Right, and and Louis Domingue is your number one goaltender. Yeah, three three more three more years, including this year, three more years at five point six a year. Oh yeah, my it's goodness! One the, it's one of the worst goaltend. To me, it's one of the worst goaltending contracts. It's him, Carey yep. Lettinen. I mean, there's some bad there are some bad deals out there. Yep. But uh, now, just switching to Vermette for a second, and I remember we were talking about this on a podcast on a uh, Buzzcast last month. There was a lot of talk about Vermette being traded to the Bruins. You know, there was a uh, now if you if you think about it, Shirelli, I'm not sure if he drafted him, but he was part of the Senators organization when Vermette was in Ottawa. They got rid, they lost Chris Kelly. I know they brought in Backus, but Backus could play center or wing, and he, apparently he's best buddies with Patrice Bergeron. So I, there there are a few teams out there. Maybe he goes back to Chicago. Maybe I mean Boston. I, it looks like Boston is going to try to win the next two years with Chara under contract before they take that inevitable dive down. Um, so, I mean, I think he fits in. I think he'll get a, he'll get a contract. He'll get a, a look from somebody who is a team that is a contender. But, you know, at 34 years old, I don't think he's a guy who comes in in a rebuilding situation. I don't think so. Yep. All right. Um, the other news from yesterday, it was a little surprising – um, we thought that this was going to go to finally an arbitrator making the decision, but I think it was 25 players. All 25 either got settled before arbitration, the hearing, or after the hearing, but nobody went to the arbitrator. So I'd like to have that job, by the way. You know, be the arbitrator, hear one hearing, get paid for 25, and not have to make a decision on anything. That's 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 a dream. It's because of the threat of the arbitrator, Mike. Yes. That's why. Yeah. And Tyson Berry. I think uh, Berry would have won this arbitration. All we know, the arbitrator is six foot ten, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Like we don't know. I think our, I think Barry would have won this deal too if you just base it off what the going rate is for a top four defenseman. Right, and the param the parameters on this were I think it was four or four point two five on the Colorado side, and Barry was asking for six. Now right. Barry was asking for the same amount, and this is weird because Barry was asking this is like Ryan O'Reilly. Barry was asking for the same amount as Eric Johnson. This is O'Reilly asked for the same amount as Matt Duchesne. Colorado has that that cap, you know, that cap management thing where you cannot be paid as much as the top who they consider the top guy. And you know, sometimes it doesn't work that way. You know, Evgeny Malkin makes more than Sidney Crosby. It just right. doesn't be that way. Right. Anyway, Barry signs a four-year, twenty-two million dollar settlement offer with the with the Abs. Um, Ross, what did you think of the deal? Well, there's a couple things. Tyson Barry only wanted one year. Now, we did speculate, and I forget who it was that said it. Maybe it was Dan, maybe it was Zach, that maybe he only said one year because he sort of gave up hope on getting any kind of long-term deal out of him. Right. Now he's got a long-term deal, but this does sort of feel like it's going to be a sign and trade at some point. 
I don't know why. It's it's ingrained in me. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I get that feeling. You know what? That's not a bad deal for for he right. he he becomes desirable because of that contract. Look, Tyson Berry is not uh you know he's not Chris Pronger in his own end. He's not he's not Adam Foot in his own end. Uh, right. But he can move the puck and he can score points, and that is extremely valuable in this day and age when when it comes to, to defensemen, and they're a puck-moving defenseman that can run a power play and put up you know 40-something points, 50 points, is extremely desirable. And if he was to test the open market, he would definitely get more than that. So I think that, like, this feels weird, Russ. It feels like this is, I think this is a great deal for the team. I think this is a good deal for the player, but it still feels like he's going to get traded. It does. Yeah. It really does. I mean, and it is a, a definitely a contract that a lot of teams could swallow, and I think... I think that's what what happened here. I think the agent got together with the team and said, look, let's sign this deal. This is very good for us. It's very good for you. You can still yes. move him. He doesn't have it. You know, the reason I think it's going to be a tradable deal is we didn't hear about a no move or, or no, you know, any right. kind of extensions on that deal. So the fact that what player in this day and age signs a four- or five-year deal and doesn't have a no move or a no trade? Nobody unless they really want to be moved. Right, less yeah. At least usually you get at least a no movement clause or a limited right. no trade clause or at it. least some at least some protection in the first couple years. Nothing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that this contract buys out two to three years of unrestricted free agent. I think it's three. Uh, that's why he, why he wanted the one year deal because he could walk as an unrestricted free agent at the end of next year. I might be maybe off on that, but but it was he was going he, he they did buy unrestricted years and five and a half million is what Alex Goligoski got. I think right. Tyson Berry is a more effective offensive defenseman. He's got a booming shot yes. from the power play than Alex Goligoski. I mean, I think he's closer to he doesn't have the size that Keith Yandel has, but he's closer in terms of his abilities to Keith Yandel, and Yandel made over six. Right. So, yeah, it's well, a, I, mean, I saw a stat that there was only. Let me see. Let me get it. For, it was from Pete Jensen at NHL.com. Go ahead, keep talking. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just I, I I agree with both of you that that I think he'll end up getting moved. I'm not sure if it'll be right away. If it, oh, here it is. Go ahead. Only six. Only six defensemen have had more points than Tyson Berry in the past two seasons: Carlson, Burns, Latang, Subban, J- uh, Roman Josie. And Giordano. That's it. He means nothing to me. It's it's. Again, I know, I'm just saying though, just for value and just overall you know, perspective of the deal. This, this goes back to my theory on the right team. You get the right amount of minutes. If you have the right amount of talent, you get X amount of points. You know, you put Tyson Barry on a team that's got two or three other good defensemen. He's not getting the same amount of ice time, same amount of power play time. Some of that's going to get you know, trickled off his minutes. And so that's sure. that's where I think he, he's able to put up those kinds of numbers. I don't think he'll put those up everywhere. Yeah, and of, the, of those five defensemen, I, I think probably four of them are better two-way guys than Barry. Of course they are. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Car- Carlson, is, Carlson, Carlson is, a, is a one-way defenseman, but he's probably the best offensive defenseman in the league. So He's so good at it that you can, right, you can look past a lot of things. And actually Brent Burns, too. Brent Burns isn't great in his own end, but he's so Dynamic offensively, you can look past a little bit of that. Yeah, right. no, I mean, you you look at Colorado and you say, okay, you know, this, this deal makes sense, and said for you know year after year that they need to improve their blue line. You know, if they kept Barry, it would it would add up because okay, you have Barry, you have you have Johnson, 
you know, you probably need one or two more defensemen for that team to really be they have a legitimate chance of of winning a of, of getting in the playoffs in in the West. But they always they always seem to make one move and then move somebody else out, and then they seem to be caught in that sort of middle position. And I just don't know whether that team will win, continuing to do that. Well, here's the interesting thing: Tyson Barry is basically Mark Streit. He's got yeah, similar that, deal to Mark Streit. He's got the similar amount of points to Mark Streit. He's got the same right. minus. He he is Mark Streit, and you can see Mark Streit really hasn't helped the Flyers win anything more than you know a round or so in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, right now the defense for the well, yeah. he needs to be a complementary piece. That's what he needs to be. Yeah, but he's Barry not needs to be a complementary piece. Getting paid that. Yeah, he's I understand be, that, but you need like like if you paired Barry up with like with with a really good two way defenseman, mm -hmm. I think you 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 would be fine. Yeah, but they don't have that really good two way defenseman. Well, they I mean, and I don't know whether they'll prepare him with Boschman, but I mean, Bo, you know, that that's the problem. Boschman ten years ago, yes, right, right exactly, and Boschman's slowing down. But I mean, you look at their defense right now. I mean, Johnson's a very good defenseman, and now they've got Barry locked up. Boschman's got two more years at four point five million. They bring in Fedor Tutin after getting uh, excised from the Blue Jackets. Eric Jelena, Patrick Weirkosh, and Nikita Zadorov is a good prospect. So basically, you've the, half this defense is rejects from other organizations. It's not exactly the uh, '78 Canadians. So I mean, I, I I don't agree with the path that the Abs are are taking. They they need to improve that defense, but I think they've missed opportunities trading O'Reilly and other and other transactions that they've done to improve the blue line. I just don't think that that team without a, a much upgraded blue line is going to it can be successful in the West. The bottom line with the Avalanche is they still have the same questions they've had for the past couple of years. Their goaltending is streaky. Their defense is is there's still too many question marks in the blue line and they get very little from their bottom six forwards. And that's what they've been for a couple of years. Yeah. And that's what they still are. Okay. Well, you know, like I said Rantanen's coming. I think this could be a better right. year for them. Right, I, I think Ranton and yeah, and actually Gregorenko actually had a, a, you know finally kind of established himself last year as an, as yep. an NHL player. I thought he had a better season too. Uh, I, I really really like Ranton and so uh, you know look they have some explosive forwards, but the the defense and goaltending still remain question marks. And the best move that they made this summer was getting was getting McKinnon locked up at a very reasonable six point three million dollars. Yes. I mean, I think he's one of the best young forwards in the game, and I thought he was going to make seven seven and a half, but they're, they're making they're, they're underpaying him, and he's locked up I think for six years. So that that was one well, seven years. That was one really good contract for them. Um, okay, there was a there were a few signings. One over the weekend, one late last week, and we're getting to the point of the summer where um, it's either tryout, invite, or pro contract. Um, yeah, actually, and here's the thing. Before you even get to that, yeah. I have to make a plea to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Sign Jonas Enroth. I just made him an offer in my fantasy league. He's not on a team. I need this guy. Well, Thank you. No, it's, we'll just riff on that for one second, Russ, because it was reported in a Swedish, news, in a Swedish website last week that Enroth was close to signing with the Leafs. And all of a sudden, and ever since, dead silence. And when I when I exchanged messages with you, I said, "Is this the fact that the the story go got out, and that Lou is basically saying, okay, now it got out. I'm going a completely different direction." I think he's just waiting now. He 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 stalled the Nylander thing too when the story broke. 
and he's just stalling this too. I think in another couple days it'll happen. Because there, there, there was a report, and I, I can't attest to the validity of it, but there was a report that they were kicking tires in Anders Lindbach. And I mean, if they're if they're you know if they're going down that road and not going for Enroth, I mean they're I mean, not. I think they're you'd just rather so, have Enroth. You'd yeah, absolutely of rather. Of course, be. of course. But I mean, you got to remember, Dan. I mean. They want to be successful. They want to do be as good as possible. It's not like last year that they're aiming for last place. But in the grand scheme of things, this is a rebuilding year. Does it really matter who the backup goaltender is? Not really. I mean, so well, it could be Sparks or Bebo too. Oh, yeah. To Mike Babcock, it matters though. That's the. Mike, I think that's right. It's not, but it's not going to be Sparks or Bebo. They they made it painfully clear. Both Babcock and Lamorello. No, we're going out to get a veteran because I think. They think Bebo needs another year at least, and I right. don't think that they think Sparks is good enough to be an NHL mm-hmm. backup. So That's okay. fair. But um, right. over the weekend, Sam Gagne was signed by the Columbus Blue Jackets. We looked at the contract. The details came out this morning. 650000 k or 650k and a one-year, one-way deal. Um, Matt Carl, after being bought out by Tampa Bay, signs a one-year deal with Nashville. Um, he gets basically the spot that Barrett Jackman had last year, so the veteran sixth defenseman penalty yeah. killer type. Then we heard last week, Russ, Maxim LaPierre gets a tryout invite from the New York Rangers. So I put together a list of ten players here, a variety of defensemen and forwards, who I'm try- I want to see what each of you think, and we'll review this at the end of the month, whether they get a tryout invite or whether they – Garner a pro deal because all right, I, let's do it. Okay. I like games. Okay, uh, defense. Russ, you can go first. All right, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Dan, for directing. Uh, yeah, that's why I do. Defenseman James Wisniewski, uh, who tore his ACL in the first game of the season last year after being traded from Anaheim to Carolina. He was bought out by the Hurricanes. Um, he's 31 years old, an offensive defenseman, and there was some talk about him getting his tire, getting the tires kicked at on July 1, but he has not been signed yet. Russ, contract offer or tryout invite? Uh, and I'm feel free go, to, feel free to elaborate. Tryout invite. I think I have to give him the invite because I really do need to sort of see where he's at, and if he's good then I would definitely give him a contract, but I think invite. Dan. Yeah, if, if he can prove he's healthy, he would get a contract. So yeah. I think I w- I'm going to say tryout. I think he'll sign a tryout, and I, I fully expect whoever he tries out with, he'll end up signing with. Because we he, he, look, you feel bad for the guy, because when the guy's healthy, he's a serviceable NHL defenseman. Oh, yeah. He can absolutely help a team. Right, and remember, a guy who gets a tryout invite, invite and makes a team, and we can point to... Lee Stempniak last year, Brad Boys with the sure. Leafs last year, Mason Raymond a couple years ago with Toronto. They get a one-way deal, usually for around a million or a little less. Steve so, Bernier. Or Steve Bernier. They, they, they usually get a one-way contract, but some of them, you know, the value or, or the demand, they can get that right now, get the pro contract right now instead of having to go through jumping through hoops and getting in, in, in on the tryout contract. The so, only thing holding Wisniewski back is, is his health. It's not his yeah. playing ability. We know he can play in this league. Right. Um, okay, Radim Verbata, veteran winger, scored 13 goals in Vancouver after scoring 31 the previous year. Uh, did not get traded at the deadline because of injury. Like I said, 35 years old, so maybe you know this league is trending younger, but 
he 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 has scored recently. So tryout invite or pro contract. Uh, Dan, you first. Yeah, based on his age, I would. My answer is based on his age. I'm going to say tryout. I think I think he's a guy who could still contribute, but I think now it's it's leaning towards a bottom six role. I think he could help a a, a bottom tier team in this league score some goals. Um, yeah, so I, I would say I would say tryout. I I actually I don't know if he'd even make a team off a of tryout. I feel like your destination Europe could be in, in his cards. Russ, all right. I'm going to circumvent the rules here. I'm going to go <laughs> NHL tryout or guaranteed AHL contract. There you go. Uh, okay. No, that makes sense. I I, th- I think he will get a pro contract, and I have a weird feeling he'll get a pro contract from a team that he was with uh, at least a couple times, the Arizona Coyotes, because... I was thinking that too, actually. Yeah, because now they've saved $2.5 million on Antoine Vermette. They probably can go out and sign Verbata for a million. The difference between those two guys is night and day, though. Oh, I, 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 completely, I completely agree, but I'm just saying I, I, I could see that happening because he could probably play with Shane Doan or whatever, and they can get him for a margin, you know, a, a small yeah. margin of the price. Okay, uh, defenseman Kyle Quincy. UFA made $4.2 million last year. Can't believe that Kyle Quincy was making that kind of money. Thirty-year-old defenseman, stay-at-home guy, tryout or pro contract, Russ. Uh, tryout just to be nice. <laughs> yeah, tryout. I agree. See, I think the demand for defensemen. I mean, I. Yeah, but I, the demand for stay-at-home defensemen who the demand for stay-at-home defensemen who are slowing down is not there. It's yeah, not. I, but I think I think there are still teams out there that are looking for defensemen and may not be sure about like. And I'm not saying I'm not. But may- they would have signed him already. They probably could get him fairly right. cheap, and they would have signed him already. I don't think there's much of a demand for him. See, okay. Wisniewski, Wisniewski can skate and he can move the puck. Right. I would. I think a team would rather, if you're looking at just player A and player B, they'd rather take a chance on that as yes. opposed to Quincy, who is slowing down and and his his foot speed isn't there, and you're not going to get anything offensively. Okay, he sold me. I'll say I'll say I'll say tryout invite. Um, Alex Tangay, 36 years old, was traded from Colorado to Arizona. Actually played really well with the Coyotes after the deadline. Scored a bunch. Still still unrestricted free agent. Tryout or contract? Dan, you first. You know, it's funny. I thought he was really, like I said, I thought he was really slowing down, and and then he almost he kind of did like similar to what Lecavalier did in the King with the Kings. He he played well for Arizona. Um, but I still think it's a tryout. I I still think it's a tryout with a non-playoff team. But he's someone that I think if you if you need a veteran, if you have a young team in Toronto, maybe Arizona, uh, he, I think you want to put some veterans around them. I think a guy on a one-year deal would 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 be good. So I'm going to say tryout, and I think he would probably impressed well enough in the locker room and in a camp that he would get a one-year deal. Russ? I'm going to go try out with the hopes that he may join my coaching staff. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's fair, though. That's that's fair. I I mean, I think he could get a pro contract, I mean, depending on the scenario. I mean, I think that what he did at the last part, and you cannot – you cannot overestimate what happens in the last 15 games of the year. He did uh, it in garbage time. Yeah, he did he it in did. garbage time. Sort of like Colin Greening did with Toronto, you know, who yep. played in the AHL for a year and a half, and then all of a sudden he scores seven goals uh, in the last month and a half of the season. So, um, 
Mm. Oh, okay. It's, it's, oh. It was still, you know, it's still thirty-five points, which yeah. isn't bad if you have them in a bottom six role. I think a team, a team that is short on forwards like New Jersey, you know, who still, I think, still needs to fill some holes. You know, they, 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 they went down the road of the tryout with Stempniak and hit a home run. If right. they, if they judge that a guy like Tangay Hill still has something in the, in the tank and they have a lot of room, I think that. I don't think Jersey will go there because they're already doing that with Eliash probably. Well, Are he they really going to bring him back? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah, or at least bring him into camp and then see. If he still, I mean, yes, if he still wants to play. But, right. I, I mean, don't you think that's a little weird, though, the guy who's, you know, who won a couple Stanley Cups, who's, you know, one of the greatest forwards in Devils history, is going to come in as, like, a non-roster invitee? I mean, I don't, think he, I don't think it's weird if you want to keep playing. I mean... You know, Mike Keane played in the AHL for like a million years after his contract, right? I mean, yeah. So I mean, I just and I think it'll be good for Zaka. So I think the team would definitely want to at least keep him around and see what he's like until the season starts, and then tell him where he sits. Well, maybe this is a scenario just like that one because Paul Gostad, face-off specialist, Nashville Predators, had a you know long contract. It was a UFA. They didn't trade him last year because they were in contention. Um, you know, he's 33 years old. His offense has dropped off, but he's still one of the best face-off guys. He's still out there. Uh, Russ, tryout or contract? Just, just a tryout because he's too slow. Right. I mean, I'm literally just subbing him in for face-offs, playing him for a minute and getting him out. Like, that's what I'm doing. Or I'm playing him late in the game to preserve a lead and get face-offs. That's really getting pretty specialized now. How much am I going to pay him for that? So it's a tryout. Well, yeah, I mean, same for me. It's a tryout, and I think he's he's. I like Paul Gostad, but boy, he's really slowing down quick. I liked him. I don't yeah. like him yeah. now. Right, that's, that's, that's fair. Changed. Yeah. Yes. I mean, do they do they think that Mike Fisher can handle that role and just you know like now they've got Forsberg, now they've got Johansson, they don't really need Gostad. Yeah, I think Fisher can handle that role. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go tryout. Um. Plus, they can play Carrie Underwood music late in games when he's trying for a face-off, probably help him, you know. Brother, I'm not going there. Uh, okay. Brandon Prust, former Ranger, former uh, Montreal Canadian, former Vancouver Canuck. Uh, energy forward has slowed down, but might be somebody who fits in as a as a fourth-line guy. I'll, I'll say I think this is the poster child for tryout. Yeah, I think if if we were there's a trend here uh, on all the guys you're naming, with the exception of Wisniewski, their skating has fallen off a cliff. Their older guys are in their young 30s and they just they have lost the step. And I think Brandon Press could help a locker room, uh, maybe as a guy like as as an extra forward, just someone who's in the like if you need a spare part. But you're right, he's the poster child for a tryout or even like a two-way deal where he go a guaranteed AHL deal and he comes up and he can spot start you know cover injuries in your bottom six look i mean some of the what he brings to the table he could help it you know, he can help a team he can protect your star players he is a good locker room guy but the bottom line is i don't think you're going to get the results you got from him 5 years ago Russ i'm going to recommend him for um, TNA wrestling i'm not even going to say WWE cuz i don't even think he's WWE quality but I'm going to say if you want a job, TNA's looking. Uh, he can't play hockey anymore. He just can't skate. So what you're saying is Jeff Jarrett will break a guitar over his head or something like that? I mean, something like that, drawing a few fans. I like the guy. I think he's a tremendous guy. 
Right. One year I did vote for him for the Selkie. He was that good of a defensive player for the Rangers, but that's many years ago. He's basically his best move now is going in the game and tripping the opposing goaltender. Jeez. So he's well, taking I mean, up, wait, wait so that's he, out of line? He's assumed the throne from Nick Kiprios is what uh, you're saying. He learned yeah. that from Chris Kreider. Okay. <laughs> okay, well Kreider did not do it on purpose, I guess. Here's, here's which, one which one? The <laughs> one that matters in the playoffs. Okay. All right. Okay, he, here's here's one that doesn't apply to Dan's uh, sort of criteria because this is a younger player. I don't think his skills have dropped off, but last year Cody Hodgson was given that one-year contract by Nashville after being bought out as a 25-year-old by the Sabres, and he did nothing and Mike was waived down to the AHL. Now he's out there as a UFA again. Russ, do you think... Somebody rolls the dice on a guy who was a top ten pick. I mean, I know it's. I, think I like him. He's a quality guy. He really is. He's a good guy. I I chatted with him on a few occasions. People like him. He's likable. You know, can't help you. Yeah, I'm with you. I just to try. It's a tryout at best. I don't. I don't think he's yeah. going to get a tryout. If he signs a deal, I think it's going to be a minor league deal. Yeah. Do you th- okay? And I got a couple more names here, but do you think these guys? will be more amenable to signing AHL deals for the prospect of Las Vegas coming in the league next year and getting, you know, staying active well, hockey. I'll give you an example of one. Nathan Lewin did that with the Rampage because when you when you talk about the NHL, there's only 60 jobs, and then when you talk about the AHL, there's only another 60 jobs, right? And so at least he knows he's got a pro hockey job. He'll play this year, and then he will hope that maybe – a Las Vegas takes him next year, or next year some team wants him because he does rebound. Hodgson's a year away now from even proving maybe he can get back to the NHL. He has no entryway into the NHL right now. So if I were him, I would sign an AHL contract. Okay, three more three more names. This one I think will get rejected based on his history. Steve Downey, 28 years old. I think he has talent. I just don't think his talent reaches above his neck. Uh, he just makes bad. He just makes bad decisions on and supposedly sometimes off the ice. And I think he's, you know, I think if he was a little more disciplined, he'd have a job. But I'm not sure if anyone will go down that road. Dan, do you think anybody would sign him to a contract or even try out invite him? I feel. Um... I remember he helped me win some fantasy leagues a few years ago when he was scoring about 15 goals and he had like 300 penalty minutes. I mean, that was quality. Uh, but now if you watch the guy play, he just he can't help with taking stupid penalties. And maybe Winnipeg because that's the that's the that's the team that loves to take stupid penalties. But um, no, I, I would think at best it's a tryout, uh, maybe an AHL deal. But I think he's someone who's probably destined for the KHL. Russ. Where he'll be suspended uh, a lot. I'd send him to the Quebec Fighting League because at least their emphasis is now coming off of fighting a little bit, and he could you know, be one of the scorers in that league, and that's it. Go have fun. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to go down that road. I don't. I think he's. You know, he's. The NHL is changing. You just can't. You can't employ guys who sit in the penalty box to hurt, at the at the expense of your team anymore. And look, I mean, Steve Downey had talent. I covered him yes. in the World Juniors. Yes. He was a fast skater. Even on the Flyers, he could keep up with most everybody. He just always took dumb penalties. He always, you know, like the hockey IQ never got better. 
if, if Downey was a little bit more disciplined, we would talk. He would be a similar player to like a Cal Clutterbuck. Yes. Even though Clutterbuck takes some bad penalties and he's annoying and he's a pest, he does some stupid things at times. Right. He has a smart enough hockey IQ, and if Downey had that, like, they'd be almost like they'd be very similar players. Yeah, and he has that annoying quality that could be like an Antoine Roussel. Just to sure. But the thing is, he he mitigates that by just taking and and Roussel takes his share of stupid penalties, but but Downey goes over the top. It's one or two a game. It, yeah. It's one or two bad penalties a game. Yes, and I still remember that flying body block on Dean McCammond. That, that I'll not, I'll never forget that one. That was, yeah, that was I, mean, I know that one. I I think I was there in person for that one. Yeah, that was, Dean, Dean McCammond was 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 the uh, recipient of quite a few of those yeah, hits. He was. I, I always refer to Dean McCammond. I'm sorry, Dean, if you're out there. <sighs> I always refer to Dean McCammond as a professional victim because he always just got destroyed. Um, okay, two more names. One was Russ. That Russ, you know well. He may be done with, but we'll, I'll throw out the name, Dominic Moore. Any, anybody give him a kick at the can? Yeah, I think someone will give him a tryout because even though the speed's falling off a little bit, it's not falling off entirely. He's still a good face-off guy. I, I think someone will um, give him a tryout. Yeah, he's someone I expect to get a tryout. I think he will. Uh, I think he'd be on. I will expect he would be on an NHL roster. He could still play bottoms. He could still be a fourth line player in this league. He is definitely trailing off, but like Russ says, it's still there. There's enough there. And finally, Dennis Seidenberg, bought out by the Bruins, 34 years old, a warrior. Lots of injuries has slowed him down. Again, it's defense. It's an area where a lot of teams need, you know, and he probably could fit in somewhere as a as a bottom pairing veteran guy. I think there's a possibility he could get a contract because it's defense. Uh, Russ, you first. Yeah, I think he could get a contract. I think if he signed a very cheap contract, if he decided, hey, this is my only way of playing this year, one year, you know, seven fifty, eight fifty. I think a team would definitely take him. I think he's looking for more because his age isn't that high. So, but I would sign him. Uh, I think it's a tryout, but I think it's just based on his injuries and his history, his inability to, he's always getting hurt. Um, like, similar to Wisniewski, too, just ravished by injuries, when healthy, a competent player. And if he's healthy, I still think he could help a team in a, in a bottom six role. Okay. A uh, couple bits of news before we uh, end uh, today. Uh, Clayton Keller, uh, first-round draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes, um, has decided that he's going to go to Boston University. There was an opportunity for him or possibility of him going to Windsor. I remember Russ at the uh, draft combine. I think it was Logan Brown who was talking about you know swaying Keller to come to Windsor. Cause yeah, but Keller said 99%, and yeah. I was never thinking – he was in danger of not going. Yeah. Now, he's in danger of not playing more than one season. That's absolutely. There's a lot. Actually, most of that BU team is in danger of playing more, yes. not more than well, once. That team is absolutely loaded for this season. Right, and I was going to say, what is this with BU? Because Eichel went there for one year and left, and Con and, 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 uh, and, now, uh, and now Keller is going to go there probably for one year and then go, go to Arizona. Uh, BC loses three or four guys every year. They do. Yeah. And when BU was in its heyday, they were losing three or four guys every year. 
they've they're in a little bit of a da- they were in a little bit of a downturn before Eichel came back. But if you look at their last couple of years come recruiting, they're definitely back on the top. And oh, yeah. I would expect them to have if everybody stays healthy, they're going to be. A, uh, I think they're the cream of the crop this year. They're on the short list to win a title. Yep. I mean, Russ, do you think? Okay, and okay, he's he's playing his freshman year in college. I you think? I think he's going to be a really good pro. Do you think, I mean, that he has a chance after playing a year at BU to step right into the NHL? Or, I mean, I want to see what kind of season he has, but I do think he has a chance of that, yes. Because then you have to factor him into the situation with Ver- I mean, even though Vermette was a UFA at the end of the year, I mean, sort of, you know, they just cleared the way. It's a strange move. They cleared a center out to give these other guys a chance that, you know, maybe they want to see what Strom is, what Borak is. But Keller could play in the AHL. He can. That's that's a big thing there, too, because since he's coming from college, he could play in the AHL next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, Russ, you had something to bring up about uh, P.K. Subban? Yeah, so the um, P.K. Subban, we all knew he was doing that event uh, just for laughs. That's tonight. But this morning, he, uh, he there was a press conference. I don't have any of the details of the press conference, but there was you know a press conference, and I think this is in Montreal, if I remember correctly. So we should look out for some of the articles being written about this because I'm sure he was asked some pretty interesting questions from the Montreal press. So I did put it up on Sportsology. He's also doing a charity auction. Which is nice. Yep, I mean, I, I, it's it's tough for me to, to get over the, the the singing incident in Nashville with Pete. Oh, there's going to be more of those. Oh, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be he's going to let's just say he'll be very popular in Nashville. I could see him like roping cattle in a couple weeks, something you know. Like, <laughs> he's I selling, like, actually, it's not a charity auction. I I spoke incorrectly. He's selling a jersey that the picture of it, it's on the website. But it's 199 bucks for a Subban 76 jersey, and it says just for laughs. And that's going to his, basically the Montreal Children's Hospital Foundation, his charity. So, again, that's pretty well worth it. I hope he sells a bunch of them, and, and that would just show you how popular he still is in Montreal, because I'm sure he is. And finally, um, the name of Kelly McCrimmon came up last year in connection with the Maple Leafs. They were um, they were trying to get him to join their, you know, their big scouting staff with Mark Hunter. Uh, didn't end up, ha- end up happening. He stayed with uh, Brandon and the WHL, who had a legitimate chance to win the Memorial Cup. Well, Kelly McCrimmon is now joining Las Vegas as the assistant general manager to George McPhee. So, Russ, I think that was a pretty good ad because he's very well respected in hockey circles as a, as a great evaluator of talent. No, it's a good ad. I mean, I, I like what they've done. It's a shame it's going to, you know, be two years away. You know, this season we have to sort of they're, – they're just going to be – George and, and Kelly will be showing up to work, figuring out the plan every day, eating out every day. I mean, it's going to be well- – I actually listened. He was on uh, the the Las Vegas uh, the Las Vegas hockey podcast. He was a guest on this week, right? And it was a really good interview. If you guys haven't haven't checked it out, uh, definitely definitely check it out. Where he was saying um, McPhee was saying this is actually helpful because uh, you know he has this he's gonna have his three scouts in place soon, and right. him and McCremen can actually go watch teams. He said a general manager usually doesn't have time to right. go actually watch players, but he's that both of them are actually gonna have a, a chance to almost be. They're not gonna scout as much as a scout would, but they can go out and meet with scouts and meet with players and go watch teams and and actually have some time to do that this season. 
No, yeah, well, that's what I mentioned earlier. It definitely is a scouting year. I mean, that's that's what you have to do because you have to be ready. And I think that's smart. There's a little bit of breaking news. This is going to make everybody laugh. But um, so basically McClellan over in Edmonton has confirmed that there will be a captain next year in Edmonton, but he will not name who it is at the moment. And so <laughs> don't don't captain, give it. Just get, let, let uh, McDavid sign yeah, his bridge deal. I'll know it's going to be Oscar Clefbaum. Come on. I mean, th- th- why are we building drama here, like, with the fans? It's just a way to engage them over the summer. It's just, I don't know. I There's mean, no reason to give it to McDavid when he's 19 years old. There just isn't. Well, there, well I, I don't know if there isn't. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with doing it, but I just, again, why you, it's, it's unnecessary pressure, is what I'm well, saying. Why are he you doesn't need it. out there for wild speculation? That's my that's question. That's true. That, that's a fair point. It's tantalizing. That's what it is. So just just touching back on McCrimmon for a second, and you know, yeah. yeah, I I wonder I wonder who he would want. Like if, if Las Vegas got the number one pick, hmm, some kid who's playing for his team right now named Nolan Patrick. I wonder if he would draft him. You know, it's like I mean. Well, they're locked into the third pick, right? They have the odds of the third they pick. They win the lottery and get the first, though. They're, the, the, the worst they can do is six. I like that. I think third is a good place to put the expansion team. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm, and I haven't heard the news about this, Russ. I mean, is he – I mean, because right now there is no team to manage. I mean, he'd be scouting, but it was, was he going to stay with Brandon for this year and, and coach them? Because they have a chance, you know, again, with Patrick, they have a chance to be a very good team, or is he completely done? And is That's a good he- question. I mean, he probably could work it out where he could do both, but I don't know. I mean, it depends what McPhee wants him to do. Right. Because That's I mean, really the key. You can, you can say, I'm doing a job as scouting if I'm coaching and general managing in the WHL, which is... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, he could he could do two, you know, kill two birds with one stone. So there's one more thing before we wrap. Sorry, Dan. Um, so Don Henderson, the guy that Dennis Wyman, the lineman that he hit from behind, yes. yeah. had neck surgery, and it looks like his career could be over. And so we want to just wish him well, but also this is why the Wyman case is widely contested and why we're having all these problems because a poor guy's career could be over. Right. Yeah. We can't forget about that. No, and it's just, I mean, that was an unfortunate incident, and, I mean, and we'll talk about Weidman and the whole system yeah, yeah, yeah. at a later date, but, you know, I, I just don't think there was intent there with Weidman, but, you know, people will disagree on that, and we'll, we'll discuss that on a future show. Yep. Um, okay, great show, guys. Uh, we'll be back, be back tomorrow uh, with Russ Cohen and his pal, Anthony Mangione. And we'll dis- we'll discover well we'll discuss whatever we'll we'll come up with something we have no problem talking uh, for Dan Petru for Russ Cohen I'm Michael Agello thanks for watching and remember without the buzz it's just hockey Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky in line at the deli I guess Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.